Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why Though the podcast, where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Today we have a special episode continuing our Missions That Matter series, and we are going to be talking about this, the organization SideQuest. As always, I'm your host Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And our special guest, Executive Director of SideQuest, Brian Trong. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so first off, if you have not heard it, feel free to take a second and jump over to our RTX 2017 recap episode. If you're not sure what RTX is, there's a little bit of more information about um, RTX itself, which um, that's a that's a convention y'all work really closely with, right, Brian? Yeah, uh, RTX is kind of where we were. I guess first created uh, a side quest as a thing. So side quest, we're, we're born out of the uh, Rooster Teeth fan community. Um, and I'm sure people can go back to a previous episode, but Rooster Teeth is um, a production company based here in Austin, Texas. They have, they have quite a sizable presence in LA as well, but Austin's where they call home. And Rooster Teeth, uh, they specialize in basically making funny stuff for the internet. Uh, they <laughs> have animated series and live action shorts and do lots of Let's Play videos and podcasts and all that. Um, and yeah, there's a very active and fervent fan community in, within Rooster Teeth. And uh, at the first RTX, the first Rooster Teeth convention in 2011, um, there was uh, the idea to have this community meetup. There were going to be all these people coming in from all over the country and other parts of the world descending on Austin to celebrate all the things they love about Rooster Teeth. And, and in most cases, those people had only interacted with each other like online through forum posts. This is like before, this is before like Reddit and kind of before Facebook really took off. So this is still when we we're actually using just forum threads to interact with one another on the internet. And so two uh, community members, um, one by the name of Dominic Dorozenski, who lives um, in the far northern frontier city of Vancouver, <laughs> and, uh, Grady Bailey, who's a local boy, Austinite, um, they organized this, this little get together saying, hey, we're meeting everyone for the first time in real life. Let's just hang out outside of the actual convention itself. So that was the first side quest. Um, and in terms of the size, there was probably about a dozen or so people um, originally signed up for this little meetup that was, that was getting uh, organized through this forum thread. Um, people saying, yeah, I'm in, let's, let's hang out, do something together. But uh, long story short, the original RTX, the convention itself, was supposed to have 200 tickets, um, 200 attendees. But through some bug or some glitch on a website, they sold 500 tickets to the first convention. So there were already more than twice as many people coming into Austin than Rooster Teeth was ready for. And then that 12 or so people for the first SideQuest meetup went from 12 to about 100 people. Um, and I wasn't around for that first meetup. I wasn't really a fan of Rooster Teeth at the time. I didn't go to first RTX, but like firsthand and secondhand accounts I heard of that was that it was a good time. People <laughs> enjoyed it. People really, really, really had fun. And uh, after that, uh, Grady and Dom got together and said, yeah, that, that was, that's the thing. We were onto something here. And they, they said, let's do this every year. Every time there's an RTX, let's, let's try to get more and more people together. Let's make it bigger next time. And, 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 they, and they did that. Every year there's been a side quest alongside RTX. And every year it's gotten a bit bigger. They've added more events. In the second year, they started adding the charity component as well uh, because they decided let's not just get together for fun and community, but let's like, make it mean something. Let's do something good with all that. Um, and so fast forward to today, uh, we have the events that we have throughout RTX weekend, which, and the objective is to create these kind of like after hours, fun, uh, inclusive, but safe, uh, get-togethers and things for people to do outside of just going to the convention because during the convention you know you go on the panels you're 
you're going from booth to booth on the expo floor. You're kind of in your own thing, doing your own thing or on your own schedule with maybe your small group of, of friends and stuff. Um, but then after that, what do you do? And so that's what, that's where SideQuest wanted to come in and, and kind of create these fun events for community members to get together, hang out with each other, make new connections, make new friends, catch up. Um, and, and the cool thing uh, with SideQuest events is that sometimes Rooster Teeth, like cast members and crew, will show up to the events as well uh, because they, they, they find it's kind of like a more laid back atmosphere than the convention itself. Um, we, we have, instead of thousands of people at the convention center, you've got maybe a couple hundred people in a room. And so they can kind of mingle a bit more, they can let their guard down a little bit. Um, and then it, that just means so much more to the fans who come to Austin to, to maybe interact with, with, those, with those types of folks. You said SideQuest started its charity arm uh, the second year. What right. kind of stuff do you all do? Um, yeah, so, I mean, over the years, the mission kind of grew from not just wanting to host really fun social gatherings, but, you know, now our mission has kind of expanded a bit to unite gamers for, for charity. Um, and so gaming, you know, it's just very rooster teeth fans and, you know, gaming is everywhere. I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of what a lot of your podcast is devoted to. And we're kind of like the first generation to have gaming just be this constant in our lives since, since day one on the planet. And... So we want to, as SideQuest, show people that uh, there's this, you can use the shared love of gaming, you know, whether you use like a controller or a bag of dice or whatever, you can harness that for good and we and support some really great causes. So we work with, uh, we support Extra Life and Child's Play, um, Operation Supply Drop, uh, as well as Stack Up. Uh, I believe you guys did an episode on, on, on that nonprofit. Um, yeah. There's just lots of really fantastic nonprofits out there doing really commendable work using gaming to... Uh, bring people together and lift people up. And we want to help other gamers know about them. And we want to serve as kind of like an avenue to support those causes. Um, so with the, the charity work that we do is like through fundraising. Um, one of the bigger events that we do during RTX is our, our charity auction. Uh, how SideQuest likes to support, how SideQuest aims to support the nonprofits we work with um, is we do fundraising throughout the year. We have smaller events in Austin and online through with streams and stuff. But uh, during RTX weekend, it's kind of like our, our big fundraising event with the charity auction, which is held the Thursday night before RTX officially kicks off. Um, so we gather up item donations from throughout the Rooster Teeth community uh, in kind of the, the first half of the year leading up to RTX in, in July. And, and a lot of those donations come through in the form of fan art. Uh, the community has oh, wow. lots of very talented artists who can paint and draw, but also just create these really elaborate crafts and props that are inspired by their, their favorite uh, Rooster Teeth content. Like this year we got a 3D printed sword um, inspired by one of the characters in Ruby, which is the, the anime that Rooster Teeth produces. And um, again, just really uh, popular and well-known community artists who will create these really beautiful one-of-a-kind works that you can't find in a store and you can't just find anywhere. Uh, and what, what makes it unique, these items that we get is that, you know, they're, they're handmade for the most part. They're, they're made by real people, real fans with lots of time and lots of love. And you're not going to find this anywhere else. And so, and then they're, they're giving it away. Um, this thing that they poured so much time and energy into creating, uh, they give it to the auction, some, some great charities, and then people bid on these things. And it's just really, really great night. Um, and then we also get donations from Rooster Teeth itself. Uh, we're lucky to have um, Rooster Teeth employees who are, who are animators and writers and, and other uh, other folks who are supportive of what we do, and they'll donate um, hard-to-find art or assign merchandise for the auction, and, and those those items usually go for some pretty high bids, um, which is which is really great. And we also approach uh, gaming or, or gaming-related companies for donations as well. 
Uh, this year we were fortunate enough to have uh, Gunner Optics <coughs> supports, uh, support us by donating some eyewear. Post uh, donated a full uncut foil sheet of Magic the Gathering cards, which, oh, which, I, really, which I wanted to keep for myself. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Um, but that, that went to another bidder, but I, I definitely had my eye on that one. Um, so yeah, all these items, they make their way to Austin in the weeks and months leading up to RTX weekend. And, and then we take over a ballroom in downtown Austin. Uh, this, this year, we moved the event to the Four Seasons, which was really great venue. Uh, and then we all dress up in fancy cocktail attire, because why not? I mean, how often do you, how often do you get to dress up in formal wear for a con? And uh, it's just a great evening of, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really great evening of community and charity. Uh, this year, the auction, we had over uh, 60 or so items, and we raised about $7,000 for the charities that, that we support. So that's, that's really great. And then um, throughout the rest of our checks weekend, we have a booth at the expo floor where we sell merchandise and accept donations and kind of spread the gospel on what SideQuest is. And all that money kind of goes into this general fund that we manage. And then uh, throughout the rest of the year, divvy that up across all the other charities that I, uh, I mentioned earlier. And we're always on the lookout for more uh, relationships with other nonprofits that use gaming uh, as a means for good. I have a question. So over the years, mm -hmm. what has been your favorite item that's been auctioned off that you've favorite seen, I guess? Item. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> You just mentioned uncut magic cards. That's a, that's a really great one. Uh, <laughs> I want to give a good answer here. Let me think. Uh, you know, I can't. I can't choose. It's, it's like, it's like <laughs> can't choose your favorite kid. So my involvement with SideQuest actually started off with the charity auction. So I first got involved with SideQuest a few years back as just a volunteer for the events, um, kind of helping to you know do line management and, and check it and stuff at the auction and. Um, over the years, that kind of evolved into more and more involvement with the actual planning of the auction itself, um, and, and I'm, I'm still kind of doing that this uh, this past year. I kind of I solicit all the donations online, and I kind of house them all uh, here in my house and get them all ready and organized for the auction. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm living with these things for uh, you know weeks and months on end, leading up to RTX and anticipation. And um, yeah, I, I just can't pick, man. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, um, I would recommend uh, folks who aren't familiar with the auction or haven't been before, check out our, our photo galleries. You can go through the website. Uh, there will be links to um, not like our Facebook page, which, which features all the photos, but also some Google photo albums, which will give people an idea of what kind of stuff is donated to, to the auction. Uh, and they can see what, what, what people can bid on there. And I will go ahead and include that specific link inside the show notes. That way they can just oh, cool. yeah. make the sure show and ready. jump right over to it. Nice. Because um, personally, I think that's where I'm going to go after we're done interviewing. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm super interested because I heard uncut magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess you Oh, sorry. Actually, about. I kind of just came up with what might be my one of my favorite uh, yeah. things. Um, so, you know, Rooster Teeth, like I said, is, is is kind enough to support us with with donations for the charity auction. And well, one community member who kind of does some work for us, some camera work, he was able to uh, secure a prop that was used in an actual Rooster Teeth production. Um, so one of the things, one of the series that Rooster Teeth does is called Immersion, where they'll take uh, some idea from like a video game and try to apply it in real life uh, in, a, in a very fun way, kind of like Mythbuster style in a way. Uh, but there was an episode where they did NBA Jam. And they, they asked, uh, can you actually play with 
and they basically took an actual basketball covered in kerosene, lit it on fire, and had uh, two Rooster Teeth cast members play one-on-one -on -one basketball with them in full, you know, safety fire <laughs> gear and all that stuff. But, you know, at the end, this, this basketball is just mangled and melted in spots and charred all over. And uh, John Sedlak is, is the community member who helped us out here. Um, he was able to um, get that basketball, get it signed by the cast members who, who are in that episode. He got a nice display case for it. And when it was in the auction, it was a very popular item. Um, and it's just, it was really, really cool to see that. That's a, that, that's a hard one to beat. <laughs> Um, so I guess you've talked a little bit about it. Um, uh, so I guess just to clarify, so one of the things uh, that makes SideQuest different is it, it works as a, I guess, an intermediary between um, other nonprofits and fans, or um, do I have that right? Yeah, uh, that's right. So SideQuest, we're not, we are a charitable organization. We're a 501c3 registered group, but we, all, we kind of want to act as a bit of a gateway to the other charities uh, that we support that uh, use gaming to for for good. Um, so the idea I have is that a gamer who wants to get into charitable giving uh, using the shared love of gaming that we all have, uh, maybe he or she doesn't know exactly where to turn to, turn to first because honestly there are a lot of great organizations out there um, to, to support. And so it can, can be hard to choose just one um, or even just a handful to start off with. Um, and then these organizations will usually have fundraising campaigns where um, you know, you're, the idea is you're supposed to maybe join a team of other fundraisers to uh, generate funds to raise money. It's, for some people that could be maybe a little intimidating because things might seem like a, a kind of a big barrier to kind of go it alone. Um, so we kind of want to act as a community of like-minded gamers to say, hey, if you're looking to do some good with this thing you like to do, uh, why not join us? Join our team. Uh, go find us on either the Extra Life campaign page or, or the OSD page. Um, sign up as, as a team member and um, let's, let's do this together. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, um, so obviously you've talked about the, uh, the charity auction and the community gatherings during RTX. Are there other programs that you guys run throughout the year? Um, yeah, throughout the year uh, we've, we've we tend to have more localized events here in Austin. Uh, in the past, we've kind of taken over like a gaming store here in town for 24 hours for like Extra Life or for the Operation Supply Drop 8-Bit Salute campaign or, or something else. And um, we'll kind of advertise to the community and to the, the local uh, group of, of folks that, that come out to our events. And yeah, we just we hang out for 24 hours and we raise money online and we just have fun. Uh, we should try to stream that online as well. It's usually just like kind of like a webcam peeking in on the action, with a little bit of engagement with the viewership. Uh, but I, I do want to grow a bit more of that, um, not just in the area of fundraising, but more just community events as well. Um, things where we can kind of spotlight all the different groups that, that we support. So there's an extra life guild here in Austin. So we try to partner with them every now and then, have a social, um, and then the, you know all the other nonprofits like Stack Up will have localized teams of supporters on the ground. So there's a, I've, I've been in communication with uh, the leader of the stack uh, here in, in the Austin area to try to get some community events going and trying to approach, uh, you know, places like gaming stores or, or gaming bars in Austin, which is a really cool concept that's popping up. Um, to try to see if they wanna work with us to maybe host this, just this uh, little gathering to get people together and learn about the different causes that people can go support. 
So one of the questions I have is, I know earlier uh, you, you mentioned that it was gaming, whether it's a controller or dice. So do you all do a lot of tabletop stuff too? Yeah, there's a, there's a tabletop component to, to our, our community. Um, actually, John Sudlack, the guy who was able to get us the uh, basketball, um, he's on the Dragons, uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks podcast as a character, but he also DMs as well. And so during one of our previous events, um, at, at, at a gaming store takeover, uh, John ran uh, a D&D campaign for a couple hours and he was selling, you know, advantage rolls for five bucks or something or inspiration for five bucks. Awesome. Um, and, and we live streamed it and it was, uh, it was really cool to, have, cool to see that. So I got a quick thing. Um, so I know obviously you made me do a lot of stuff in Austin, but you also mentioned that SideQuest is kind of in Los Angeles. Do you guys do anything there at all or just mainly just Austin? I know obviously that's where RTX is and everything. Yeah, well, during RTX, obviously, we want to keep, we have stuff here in Austin when the right. convention's in town. Um, we get for LA, but uh, one cool thing about RTX is that as it grows, SideQuest has, has an opportunity to kind of grow alongside it. Um, RTX is now bigger than ever, and not only in the attendance in Austin, but there's also kind of like spinoff RTX events. Uh, it's going to be one in London Oh wow! next month. Uh, RTX London is in October, and then early... 2018, I believe in February, is RTX Sydney. And one really cool bit of feedback I got from some of the more inter some of the international folks who flew into Austin uh, earlier this summer for RTX is that there's an appetite for doing the things that we do here in Austin at the other RTXs. Uh, so I'm in touch with the community folks there in the UK, um, as well as uh, a contact I've made in Australia to try to figure out what we can do to kick off um, kind of like the SideQuest International series in London and Sydney, um, where you know we'll work with them to uh, pick a charity or a group of charities they want to support. We'll find appropriate venues for them to host these events, and um, we'll put our kind of our, our power behind them to promote the events. If they need to sell tickets, they can use our website for that. Um, get the word out, um, generate interest, and see where it goes. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I guess now that we've talked about community events, obviously RTX, what are some of the ways for the listeners at home to start getting involved? Yeah, uh, so if you're gonna be in town for Austin for RTX, um, we do need volunteers to help run the other community meetups we have throughout the weekend. Like the, we have a couple of nights where we take over a bar in downtown Austin for, for more parties and shenanigans. And those, those events require people to do like line management and check-in and photography uh, to put on the website and stuff. And those volunteers, we call them specters. And uh, probably around uh, springtime, you can, if you keep up on the website and with, uh, keep up with us on social media, you'll know when we put the call out for applications for, the, for this year's specters. Um, and then kind of going back to the idea of doing the charity streaming, I mean, like Twitch has totally changed how anyone can use gaming to raise money for charity now. And so I uh, really want to try to get SideQuest more involved in, in doing that kind of, of, of activity, not necessarily with the big 24 hour thing, but just, you know, periodic, let's go online, play, play some silly game, have fun um, and raise money for, for you know, a different cause each time we do it. Um, so uh, I want to use that also as an opportunity to showcase our community. So I kind of, my idea is to maybe put together like a stream team um, so if anyone in the SideQuest community uh, or anyone else in the gaming community, honestly, uh, streams or wants to get into streaming um, and maybe wants to join a team of like-minded individuals and gamers who want to uh, raise money for charity, um, they can 
send an email expressing their interest to streaming at sidequest.org. And um, we're going to try to see what we can put together, maybe have some events where there's like a schedule or a program where certain time slots, you know, you have different streamers doing different things and it kind of exposes the audiences to a bunch of different people and it kind of helps promotes these uh, maybe up and coming streamers. So I have another question too. How do you all go about, I guess, choosing which nonprofits to work with? Because I know you said that, that you fundraise for them and then you distribute it. How do you choose? There's a whole bunch of charities out there or, um, or there's right. an increasing number of gaming charities in like in the space. How do you all, I guess, form bonds and reach out to other, to other nonprofits? Yeah, uh, it can. That's a great question. It's really tough sometimes because, like you said, there's there's so many great causes to support, and um, you want to help everyone because there's there's yeah. a lot of help, uh, a lot of aid that needs to be uh, given out there. A lot of people who who need help and lifting up, and we don't have like a, a formal process necessarily, um, but it's it's kind of just we 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 have our own kind of networks that we run in, and we we form bonds with other folks either at conventions or or just through our, our other everyday interactions within the, the different communities that we're a part of. Um, and then we should start the conversation of you know what it is that your nonprofit does and and we ask the, we ask ourselves as a staff at SideQuest and as the board of directors to, you know, does that kind of align with what we want to do, which is bringing gamers together for charity. Um, and so that's we kind of have to do that bit of I guess vetting, you might want to call yeah. it. <clears throat> And then if, if it's something that uh, that we can get on board with, then we'll then with the, the next question is okay. Now what can we do uh, to support this group? Is it is it awareness? Do we need to give them a shout out on the website or try to have some sort of community event to promote them, uh, give them a, give them a larger audience and, and kind of be like a, a cheerleader or a megaphone for them? Um, there's there's a whole there's kind of like the spectrum of involvement that we kind of need to decide where we want to be. And then we have to balance that out with the resources we have, because um, we have to kind of decide, you know, how much do we want to give to these, uh, I call them legacy nonprofits that we've kind of supported historically um, and still have good relationships with and still want to help. Um, and then as we get more and more, you know, if, if we have to kind of try to keep the fundraising going along with it to kind of scale up, otherwise we start to kind of dilute a bit of the the help that we spread out. Um, and while it's good to help as many people as we can, uh, we also still want to make sure that actions are still like meaningful and impactful. I know when Matt and I mm -hmm. went to went to RTX and it was our first one, we were kind of like a little bit of like fish out of water because um, we knew what RTX, right. we knew what Rooster Teeth was, we had seen some of the stuff, our friend was really into it, so we were a little worried about not being able to really fit in with the community. And we know, and we, um, through the Austin uh, stack uh, stack leader uh, Elvis, he was like, "Well, oh, come on, come on over to SideQuest. This is where community happens." Uh, and, so, and so we got to hang out with you, and we got to hang out with um, with the rest of the people there. And it was a level of community that I don't think either of us. Um, I, I don't want to speak for you, Matt, but I know that like we had talked about in the episode that we hadn't really seen at, at any other conventions, at least outside of the con floor, and really bonding with others. Um, I guess like what goes into that because it seems like it would be hard to get a whole bunch of people as you mentioned like um people coming out uh, in from uh, internationally from out of the country mm -hmm. and obviously all across the united states like what goes into setting up this type of bonding experience and doing it so well i think it was great for you and matt to see that level of community that that a lot of people have come to know rtx for um and it's and there are a couple things that go into that and 
one thing is that the convention itself is a bit different from other cons. Um, it's, it's different from like your your kind of normal anime convention, your normal gaming convention like PAX or something. That's a little what, what PAX and those other events do because they're fantastic. But this one is dedicated solely to Rooster Teeth stuff. And, and I know nowadays Rooster Teeth has been kind of transformed and grown into to becoming bigger, much, much bigger than what they were previously. So there's there's actually a lot of vectors and entry points to get into this community because they do Let's Play videos through like Achievement Hunter and Funhouse and Kind of Funny and Screw Attack. But they also have these animated shorts that have um, in popularity. They got Ruby, which is the first um, Western origin anime to make it into mainstream Japan. That's never been done before. And Rooster Teeth was able to pull that off. You have Red vs. Blue, which is the longest running web series. Um, and that's still going on to this day, 14, 15 years after it was first started. And you've got all the different podcasts that they put out covering all sorts of different subjects. Um, so, and, and with, 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 with all that, you've still got a level of intimacy because uh, the cast members that you see in these live action shorts, um, a lot of times they will and they'll do voice acting work for the animated shorts and they'll appear in all these other little bits of content on top of just their kind of normal day job in the office too. Not all of them are strictly content creators. Some of them actually have office jobs but they'll be cast members as well. Um, and then they, they're, they're so good at actively promoting all this stuff online with social media. It creates this air of genuineness and this level of engagement that honestly is really hard for a lot of content producers to have and, and, and pull off. And so you've, the fans notice that and they feel more connection to it. Um, and then that kind of creates this really cool positive feedback loop where um, you've got these very fervent fans and then the community can come together. People uh, see that there are other folks out there who enjoy the same thing that they like so, so much. And there's this opportunity to come together and meet in person and experience that together. Um, specifically this type of thing that I really enjoy. Um, and that's, honestly, isn't that what we're all after? We're just trying to like, find our tribe and find the things that we love and share with other people. Um, and that's, I think that's what makes our checks just a, a bit different from, from the rest of the conventions that are out there. So the main idea of our podcast is always these, you know, insert pop culture material here matters, but why though? So I guess ultimately I'm gonna ask you a two-parter. Okay. Why does rooster teeth matter? Um, and then what what piece of pop culture really matters to you? But why though? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I'll go back to this like, common thread of, of gaming and video games. Like it's uh, you know, pe people who are like born in the eighties, it's it's been forever and we, you know, have we're very, very little like, you know, the first Atari or getting your first Nintendo and then graduating through all the consoles and today and like, we still, as grown-ups and as adults, we try to our best to carve out time for video games. And I think Rooster Teeth pulls that off very well. I mean, that they were, uh, I, I first got into Rooster Teeth with Red versus Blue when I was in college. And at the time, I never really heard of Machinima, the act of, you know, going in and using Halo characters as puppets and then voicing over uh, with, with funny dialogue. Um, and that, that, that was just really, uh, my, my doormates and I got a kick out of that and we kept up with it um, and got hooked. And so, and this, it was just, it was this great piece of comedy that merged in with video games. And it's it just, I made it, I immediately made this connection with it. And um, another 
interesting thing with Rooster Teeth and its growth is that people have been able to watch them grow. So people who were following around from the first season of Red versus Blue, or you know, who, who are still fans today, they've kind of gotten to see um, and then try all these different things and build on their successes and build on their community. Because uh, a lot of those folks that were there from the very beginning of Rooster Teeth, like the founding fathers of, of RT, they're still involved in 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 all the, the content that's getting produced there. They'll still appear in videos and they'll still, you know, lend their 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 voices over to, to different things. And um, so it's it kind of creates a kind of, it's kind of like a bit of ownership in it, if you will. Like if you were if you've been a longtime fan of it, you still are. It's kind of like not really this hipster thing of like, hey, I knew about this band before they went mainstream or something like that. But it's it's kind of been this to, at the risk of sounding cheesy, it's it's this journey that uh, I think fans feel like they've been a part of and that they're still kind of on. And they're, and what's cool is that the community is very welcoming, very inclusive, because Rooster Teeth itself is a very inclusive uh, and welcoming company. Uh, uh, they've, they've made no bones about it. A lot of their, their pieces that, you know, they're different viewpoints and different types of people. And I think for a lot of folks who are out there on the internet, they might they sometimes feel a little bit alone. Like they... Uh, that they need something to hold on to and something to say that it's okay. You're not by yourself in this. And um, there, are, there are actually parts of there are bits of recent content out there that that speak to that and and make people feel not so alone and that it's okay to be you and to be weird. And uh, and then again, going back into the convention and meetups uh, where people can get together and hang out with with like-minded individuals and and find their tribe uh, is great. And it's not just the Artex conventions. There's there's Rooster Teeth community groups throughout the world, um, you know, dozens, hundreds of people sometimes who just are fans of Rooster Teeth will get together and hang out. They'll, they'll go to each other's houses and have watch parties for a new season or a new episode of, of RT content or listen to the podcast together or they'll just go to like Dave and Buster's or a bar and hang out um, and be friends. And, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I really don't know of too many online communities that are like that. And I think that's what makes it a little special. What part of pop culture matters to you? What is your biggest fandom? Biggest fan. There's so many to choose from now. That's the hard part. Like we, <laughs> there's so many new awesome things coming out um, all the time, and all the things that are in my backlog of stuff to check out. That it's it's hard. Like um, I'll say right now, I am highly anticipating the return of The Walking Dead. Ooh. Mike and I are really really interested to see what what goes on here. Um, I don't want to talk too much. I'm not. I don't want to be the guy that spoils. Sure, it's been for years now, I guess. But, but I mean, you, you can tell. I mean, they're setting up for some really, really cool, really satisfying um, uh, plot points in there. And I'm, I'm still kind of working my way through the comic books, and I know the stories kind of diverge a bit here and there. There's, there's some common threads going on between the books and the show. Um, but yeah, really, really pumped about that. Um, and then something else that we've uh, gotten into is Stranger Things. Um, that was just nice. a really cool series that we, we came across. Um, and that speaks to me, the, the, but why though there is just really, I think there's like the nostalgia factor that I think a lot of other people get a kick out of when they, when they first watch that. I mean, it's just the, like the sets and the cinematography in Stranger Things, just like, it just bleeds my childhood in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of ways. And so it's, um, I'm watching for the story, but also, you know, to kind of, Take a trip down memory lane and remember what it was like um, back back then. Simpler times. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming a uh, second season, right? Next next month. 
yeah, around Halloween time. Yep. <laughs> the marketing machine is in motion, and they're they're teasing. <laughs> <out like everything. laughs> Uh, so actually, as a as a last question, and I don't know why I didn't write this down, um, why the name SideQuest? Ah, so SideQuest, yeah. Um, I mean, again, the the idea was at first to, was to be this this meetup that was kind of external to the first RTX convention, and um, also it was an opportunity for a lot of people who were not from Austin to kind of experience the city for the for the first time, perhaps. And so, um, you know, the and again, this ties back to the the gaming theme that we have uh, within our core identity. Your let's say your main objective, your main mission was to go to Austin, go to RTX, meet some Rooster Teeth cast members, and and get some get some stuff signed and, and have a good time. But there's all this other stuff you can do when you show up uh, at the the social hub of Austin. All these great things you can check out all the the bars and the music and and the the great parks that we have and all the other attractions, and you get all these different side quests. So Grady and Dom wanted to create that as a way of like showing off and having fun of all these different things you can do in the city. And so, uh, and then again, evolving into the other events that we have throughout the weekend outside of just the convention, which was the main reason you came to Austin. Um, you know, there's all these other great things that you can do and check off uh, experience wise, all these little side quests. I think that's my favorite name. <laughs> <laughs> What's really cool is that um, over, as the years go by, I've been involved a few years now, but every year I hear more and more of the sentiment that um, people look more forward to side quests sometimes in a way than than RTX itself. Like it, it enhances their their experience so much to be able to tie in directly with other community members in a way that they probably wouldn't be able to do on the convention floor. And it just, I think it's just really cool that uh, we've kind of carved out this little sub-community for ourselves within the larger Rooster Teeth community where people, you know, they they they, they wave our the SideQuest banner for us when, when they talk to other Rooster Teeth fans and, and hear that they're going to RTX, say, you gotta check out SideQuest. And every time I hear a story like that, it warms my heart a little bit because it means we're we're, we're reaching out, we're doing some good, um, we're, we're promoting a positive community um, and, we're, and, we're, and we're helping out some, some great causes while we're doing it. No, the community aspect that you brought up is nice compared to other conventions. I think the main thing that I like about it for the most part, because obviously you meet people at all the conventions, was the organization of how well it was run. It's not just one of those like, oh, I just happened to find somebody and let's just randomly bump into and go, you know, it was actually well organized so you could actually know what you were doing and going. Good. Is Spectres a Mass Effect reference or you just pick Spectres? Um, you know what? I... I... I honestly don't know the origin of the name Spectre. That was what it was called when I first got involved. Don't know the story behind that. But yeah, they're definitely a big part of Mass Effect. And that could have been the inspiration for it. Um, but who knows? Maybe Spectre was... I'm not sure how old Mass Effect is at this point. It's pretty oh, old, it's actually. It's pretty old. <laughs> was it around before 20, 2012, 2011? Oh, yes. Okay. It was probably where that came from. It was kind of inspired by that. And... Um, you know, the name Guardian was already taken for for the volunteers who who've actually volunteered at RTX. And yeah. so maybe we needed something, some other badass name for something that wasn't taken <laughs> by another convention. Where can people find SideQuest? Yeah, uh, we have a website that we do our damnedest to maintain and stay active on. Uh, that's sidequest.org. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You can find us there. Just do a search for SideQuest. Uh, we're our, probably our most active social media platform is Twitter. We are at SideQuestOrg. Uh, and that's going and that's also the name for our Instagram account. 
Awesome. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, usually, I do the where pe where can people find you. I don't know if you want people to find you, um, but catch me if you can. Uh, I run around in Austin. That's where I live and work, and that's where all my <laughs> stuff is. <laughs> uh, you want, if you want to reach me virtually, um, which is more preferable and easier on my lifestyle, uh, you can email me at brian at sidequest.org. Like I said, I'm always open to hearing uh, more about what other nonprofits are out there doing. Or um, honestly, if you have your own little sub-community, rooster teeth or not, uh, of gamers that want to maybe do this tiny uh, event or community thing uh, with a charity twist to it, uh, we can... We'll see what we can do to help you out. So thank you so much again for uh, coming and talking to us. Uh, we obviously want to highlight charitable organizations and point out the good that they're doing in the world. So thank you so much for taking taking some time out of your night to sit down and, you know, help let our listeners know more. <laughs> yeah, thanks. This was a lot of fun. So, thanks, um, Brian. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so uh, thanks and uh, bye. You're not going to say where we're at. Oh, wait, ending. that's right. We have to say where we're at. You're going to, like, wrap the actual podcast yeah. up, or are you just going to say bye? <laughs> bye. <laughs> follow us. Yeah. <laughs> um, as always, you can find us at But Why Though PC on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Instagram and Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, on Twitter at SuperEast93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? And you can find me on Twitter at datm18, D-A-T-T-M-1-8. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.